0: welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing another one of my webinars. Uh, and this one is the new customer experience landscape for 2021.
1: Yeah, you did it on Wednesday Stephen. I see we had um, over 200 people um, booked on it and got some got some really good reviews on it. What were you sort of hoping to get out of the webinar this year?
0: There was obviously one big topic that dominated everything in 2020, wasn't there? Which, as I sort of made a point of at the beginning, we definitely didn't see coming at, when we did a sort of similar webinar at the beginning of 2020. Um, yeah. and that's a good example of you know predicting the future is a kind of reckless enterprise because there can often be things that trip us up along the way. So yeah, was I was hoping to get out of it, I suppose, to say, reflect a little bit on what we've learned through dealing with the pandemic and all the stuff around that in 2020 forecast that a little bit into 2021 and say you know what are we able to say about you yeah. know what the impact of that has been what the impact may carry on being and, and, and sort of will be and beginning to to reflect on you know when touch would we we sort of begin to return to normal what will the lasting impact on customer behaviors customer attitudes um and also kind of in internet inside organizations what will it mean for the ways we work for the, how we manage culture yeah. You know, what is the future post pandemic going to look like? I, I guess that's probably really what I was
1: interested yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, it certainly felt like it built up to, you know, what's it going to be like going forward and um, 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 we'll touch a little bit on culture and sustainability and and empathy i think one of the things and i mean you do do this very well it's just absolutely well researched all the stuff up front different sources you were pulling um data from i think and i found that really quite useful in terms of you just put the figures out there that sort of said this is where we are now and this is what it looks like it, you know there's obviously no sort of politics or or even sort of personal views it was just this is what a lot of organizations seem to be saying and and there was a lot of consensus you know uh, you know a, a, a lot of consensus on that one of the things you talked about and we the, the, that we sort of discovered last year was was the sort of the customer types where we had the protect life the appreciate life and the live life how do you think they've stood up as a as a model
0: remarkably well actually um so and one of the things that has surprised us as we've we kind of built this up over 2020. So we, you know, we started with almost more kind of a qualitative approach on our panel, asking people to, to tell us what they were thinking, what their priorities were. Uh, and then actually Nigel, our uh, founder did a lot of this work, kind of working through the comments, looking for themes, looking, if you like, for personas to say what what kinds of need, what kinds of people are there? Um, and Nigel identified these kind of three segments, really, or, or sort of process yeah. segments, which were yeah, people who really focused on the safety and staying indoors and not, not taking any risks, people who had kind of, I guess, learned a new appreciation for the little things, were enjoying going for their local walks, enjoying yeah. being in nature, that sort of thing, and people who were kind of itching to get back out there and, you know, go and have a few beers in the pub with their mates.
1: Yeah.
0: And, it, you know, none of those things are exclusive. Like, lots of us are feel bits and pieces of those at different times or kind of fall slightly between two. So it would be artificial to say there's three boxes that all we'll fall into one of them. Like we'll oh, but I think there's three
1: circles that overlap, isn't there? <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but what we've been able to do through 2020 is kind of put some numbers on, though. Like, If you like contradicting what I've just said, <laughs> put, put people into the box that they seem to fit in best, I guess, understanding that that is a little bit artificial at the edges. Um, and when we do that, we seem to find that you know just over 50 percent of people are in that kind of appreciate life segment that like, yeah actually yeah. Um, considering what my priorities are considering what really matters to me a bit,
1: bit less materialistic that sort of thing
0: exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. and the other sort of just under 50 percent divide fairly equally between the protect life who are you know, really conscious of staying safe and the live life who are really itching to to get back yeah. to, to normal and there is a correlation there with age as well as, as you Sort
1: of stereotypically yeah. might assume. Yeah, yeah, it's it 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 seems to have, have very much sort of guided and and then sort of linked, link, linked into the sort of the the customer behaviours, and perhaps sort of to take it to what one one step further. I thought part of the real strength of what you talked about was the sort of the qualitative. You know, when you think of the change we go through, I mean, you and me would always say, listen to your customers, listen to your customers' needs, and things will be changing. And then when you, you just basically say, "Well, more so now than, than ever." And you used a lovely phrase about you know if you're not doing qualitative research right now, you know you're certainly flying blind through a storm which I thought was a great little phrase. And actually, I thought of it a little bit uh, more in terms of, actually, if you're using all qualitative research, you're probably flying, um, looking through the rear view mirror (laughs) and trying to make decisions, (laughs) you know, the rear view mirror, which when you think about the year we've had, that's probably a dangerous mirror to be looking at if you're looking at things (laughs) pre-COVID and making decisions based on things things like that.
0: Just to pick up on a small thing there, Greg, the point I was really trying to make is that, You know, our needs, our attitudes, our priorities as individuals change all the time. And what's unusual, I think, is that everyone's priorities in the whole world are changing at one point in time in 2020. And that's why it's so important to do that qualitative work to understand the sort of the broad trend of how those changes are stacking up across everyone
1: yeah and you pulled that together under the understand measure interrogate leading to, to, to actionable in insight and I think that's sort of where it it Everything's different, but everything's the same, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, you know, we would always say those sort of things: understand, measure. Are you measuring the right things? Use data. Um, all the things you know. When you link back to you know all the things being connected. Um, last time, ease differentiation data, or you know, all, all all that sort of stuff to really keep saying, well, you know, it's still all about actionable insight. And actually, the route you get there is the same, or the tools you use are the same um and perhaps you just got to be really more sensitive to hearing things hearing things now
0: yeah and i I think i mean it's certainly true that the the basic principle that you need to understand what's what's important to your customers and then measure how good a job you're doing that that's definitely still true the fundamental ways you do that are still true i mean the way you get inside customers heads is to go out and talk to them Obviously, we're locked down. We can't go out and talk to them face to face, but we can well, there's, find ways. There's a, still
1: many ways of talking to them, yeah, in in, in, in different in different ways. Yeah. And then you, the sort of three things that, that you pulled out uh, at, at the end, which I think would just be good to sort of d- dwell on a bit, the sort of themes, with, with sort of the culture, the empathy and the sustainability. And if we talk first about sustainability, because I think it surprise me how much airtime you gave it you know in no way would I dismiss it or totally and I realize it has a role but you gave it more airtime than I thought you were going to and um, you obviously sort of uh, and you backed it up with facts and figures and things like that just want to expand on you know why you know why you gave it 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 it, it, it it's such prominence
0: yeah i mean to to an extent it surprised me actually basically when i started kind of putting the webinar together I sort of go out there and do a bit of a review of the landscape and you know, see what you know people I respect are talking about and see what governments are planning see what um, you know just kind of what's in the zeitgeist I guess and actually the green agenda was much stronger when I started looking and thinking about that than, than I'd kind of anticipated it being and I think there's probably a few reasons for that and, and there's I kind of alluded to this this is the kind of a bit of a change in the political landscape um, yeah. in terms of who's sitting in the White House, uh, which I think is is not insignificant when it comes to yeah. things like the green economy. And then there's just kind of, it's about the mainstreaming of ideas about we need to do something now. We really, really do. And actually, we're able to do things now without as much cost as they used to be. So you know, renewable energy costs are coming down. If you want to buy an electric vehicle now, it's much easier for the average person in the uk to buy an electric vehicle to plug it in to realistically use it you don't have to be an eco warrior you could just be a normal person i think that was a
1: power a lot of what you were presenting of, of the mainstreaming of green is it was there commercially you can see it. You 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 know, it's mainstreaming is the right two words. It it it, it it's not outside looking in. It's definitely on the inside. It's definitely on on, on the inside now. Culture, it's quite an interesting one, because whenever, (laughs) and we've been involved in customer experience for a lot of years between us, you always end up talking about culture, (laughs) Um, particularly in terms of, of, you know, doing things and making it actionable. But I thought you made a really good point about a lot of organisations may have got quite quickly to where they wanted to, working from home, digital, remote working, all those things, which are probably trying to do pre-COVID, but, you know, as always culture lags behind and as always you know culture's the most important thing
0: as i said sort of at the beginning of the webinar it's actually remarkable how well organizations in general have adapted it's it's
1: fantastic when you see what some people have done
0: you know yeah, Decisions were made, changes happened, remote working was made to work effectively. It was actually like, really impressive. The
1: human spirit for survival, um, adversity, you know, it, it's, it's just tremendous, isn't it? And this, without over-dramatising it too much, I think was a modern day response to it. You know, something serious is here, it's changing, and boy, will we change and adapt, mm. you know, like our forefathers will have done.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the challenge as you said, the co-culture lags behind. I think to some extent we're starting to see organizations begin to think about it, begin to see some negative effects of not having engaged with it earlier. Um so I talked about that New York Times piece, which I thought was really interesting about the rise yeah. of kind of troll behavior and internal um communication because it's being done digitally and it's kind of taking on those aspects that we don't really like about social media and and, yeah. and forums and so on. Um so what do you do about that and how would you address that how do you do culture when everyone's not in one place and i think there are ways to do it we've got um an article uh forthcoming in in hopefully our next edition of customer insight with a bit of luck about right uh, one of our clients actually who, who has done some great stuff on, on culture with everyone working remotely and you know none of it is super difficult you know it doesn't mean you don't need to spend loads of money yeah. you have to do loads of complicated stuff but you do have to do it deliberately and consciously yeah
1: I'd imagine in the initial days probably wasn't on everyone's radar as it was about business survival working from home you know new practices and you know all those other things and survival in it you know it, you know it, it, itself and and then the sort of the final thing that you brought out and and perhaps for us just to end on is the word of the year as shep how do you say Shep's surname shep hyken yeah, is I it
0: i say shep hyken but I, I don't know if that's right or not
1: yeah empathy is the word of the year empathy will get customers to come back just want to elaborate a bit on a bit on that for us please
0: it's actually much the same point that, that we've been making through 2020 which is customers have really especially in the early days of lockdown, really appreciated just being given that little bit of extra time, a little bit of care, understanding, you know, they may be upset or in shock or under stress. And that little bit of, um, yeah, just sort of caring, it, it goes an awfully long way when someone is feeling uh, under stress. And that, that's always true. Again, it's a bit like the you know change of priorities. That's always, always true. But it's rare that it's true of so many people all at once yeah. because of the same thing. So it is like a little, well, it's a, it's a crisis, isn't it? And, and you know, it's a crisis yeah. affecting everyone. And different people will emotionally respond to that in different ways. But it, it makes it a real moment of truth for an awful lot of people all at once. Um, and I think, yeah. so that, that's one aspect of it. The other thing I, um, and I don't know for sure this is what Shep was getting at, but, but but my use of the word empathy, I always have sort of two things in mind. There's the one-on-one empathy that I show to you, the individual customer, right. but then there's the kind of organizational understanding of customer needs that that is not deeper, but but, but kind of bigger than that. So, it, so it's about how do we design customer experiences? Yeah. How do we learn yeah. from what customers in general yeah. are feeling?
1: And that must link into culture as well. And, and, and from that point of view. So, for, for final question and the curveball one: If we think culture, sustainability, and empathy, when you do the customer landscape 2022. How do you think they're going to stand up? Which one of those, uh, any of those you think slightly worried about or or, or, or which one's going to well, be the one that drives through the year? Culture, sustainability, empathy.
0: Good goals have got targets and are measurable, aren't they? So in principle, we should be able to apply that to those. Well, what are our goals going to be and what are, our, what are the measures we're going to use against them? So let's take sustainability. We ought to finish this year with, well, there's the UN... Climate conference in Glasgow in I yeah. think it's November, like certainly later in the year. Yeah, in Glasgow, yeah. Let's see what happens. You know, let's see if there's some actual teeth in some of the nice sounding agreements that come out of that. Let's see if actual change happens as a result of that. And that sounds really cynical. I don't, I don't mean it to necessarily sound cynical, but that that, that should we, we'll be able to see by the end of the year whether stuff has actually been done or not. Uh, and I think that's that's what I'd be hoping for yeah. and looking for. Um similarly with you know with customers. Let's see what happens to the UK CSI, for example, do organizations in general get better again at customer satisfaction, because it's been dropping for three years Yeah, and we've kind it. of reverse that drop uh, and culture. I mean, that's, we can't probably easily measure culture across the, uh, the UK or the world, but each organization I think should aim to whether it's an employee engagement survey or, or, or whatever it is. It should aim to have something measurable that holds it to account for creating a positive and engaging culture
1: for, for anyone who's sort of listening to this podcast who hasn't watched watch the webinar definitely well worth it 30 minutes um i i i, I judge sort of uh, webinars by how many notes I take out of them and the, there was some really good stuff there stephen factual well researched and um some really good sort of themes that that that, that came out and the phrase used right at the beginning and and you know it's this thing you know simple does not mean easy I, 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 a lot of what you said makes perfect sense but I think more more than ever you know those those themes that you that you've identified are going to be the future you know of of customer success and you know and economic and perhaps even world success over the forthcoming year I thought it was an excellent an excellent webinar
0: thank you very much okay well I guess that's a good point to to close this episode uh, thank you very much for listening. If you're using iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review us. And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at TLF Research or at TLFResearch.com. Good afternoon, everyone.